I'm your co-host, Adrian. I'm your COVID host, Thomas. And I'm still healthy, and I'm Zach. <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, As I, I don't know if this desk is truly wood. It looks like wood, but I'm cheap, so... Knock on it. Okay. okay. I was like, where is he going with this? Where am I going with this? (laughs) Luck, hopefully. No. Not to the pharmacist. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh. No, No, we both got it this past week. We outran it for so long, and now... Two and a half years or whatever it's been. And then (laughs) it definitely got one of us. So, like, this whole time, it's like, oh, we got our shot, we got our booster, and both shot and booster put her down with, like, a fever for, like, a day or whatever, and didn't bother me whatsoever, and then we both get sick, and she kind of has this mild little thing, and I've been running a fever for five days, and coughing my lungs out, and... Yeah, her body was ready for it. Yours is just like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's been terrible. It's been my poor sick boy. I'm gonna do my best to edit it today, Man. so we're gonna nail it. That's, I should probably put like a mission right like, there. That is, we're we're gonna hey. we're gonna we're gonna batch record these, so you guys are gonna get some energy. It's gonna it's, you're gonna get a lot of energy or sleepy time, depending on which medication Thomas took. <laughs> so you mean I can't use that COVID joke in the next couple episodes? It will sound weird. It will sound weird because <laughs> you won't be sick anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, guys. Yeah. Today we're talking well, about... Well, now I'm cons- oh. What do we got? Ghouls. What do we got? Ghouls. Ghouls. Is that what I keep Ghouls. coughing up? No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to do these because at my D&D session last night, we fought these, and one of the people who knows a lot of D&D stuff was like, oh, it's really bad if we get hit by these. And I was like, what happens? And they're like, we're not going to tell you because it's metagaming and we'll just see what happens. And we fought like 10 of them. And I just love somebody who respects metagaming. Yeah. I'm just, I don't, I'm so happy. They work really hard in our group to not do it because two people in our group know a lot of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, ghouls are on page 148 of the Monster Manual. If you want to look them up for yourself. She also looked at the book cover. It's not just me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's still the monster manual. That's where the monsters are, guys. I'm cons- guys, this is like episode 15 that you've done. I'm a little concerned that you're We're Medicaid. You cannot blame COVID on this one because you've been doing it prior to that, too. We need to talk about your reading comprehension. It's called, it's called Brain Fog. <laughs> well, we have two uh-huh. different books, and I'm like, which book am I looking at right now? Oh, yeah, it's the one with the monsters in it. <laughs> Is the one with the monsters is the monster manual. Yeah. yeah. So it's the monster um, guy. The picture yep. of the ghouls mm-hmm. are not like what I pictured because I was thinking like a zombie situation or a ghost situation, but they these all are like, tongue. These are like weird. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a man with a long tongue like and a also vampire fangs. But he's blue like a, he's a genie. A blue genie man with a long ass tongue. Gross. Is that where the um, tongue is? So he got bite, he got claws, and he got tongue, which is not an attack, but is disturbing. Alright, so Ghouls roam the nights in packs driven by an insatiable hunger for humanoid flesh. 
Um, so they are devourers of flesh, like maggots or carrion beetles. Ghouls thrive in places rank with decay and death. A ghoul haunts a place where it can gorge on dead flesh and decomposing organs. When it can't feed on the dead, it pursues living creatures and attempts to make corpses of them. Though they gain no nourishment from the corpses they devour, ghouls are driven by an unending hunger that compels them to consume. A ghoul's undead flesh never rots, and this monster can persist in a crypt or tomb for untold ages without feeding. You know, if I, like, ate and ate and never felt any nourishment or satisfaction, I think that would drive me insane. That might be, yes. I kind of feel bad for the ghouls a little bit. I, I, I think that that is the, the general idea, is they are slightly insane. Well, I feel bad for them now. Um, they're just hungry. They're just hungry boys. Or hangry. Um, they have abyssal origins. They trace the origins back to the abyss. Dorisane, the first of their kind, was an elf worshipper of Orcus. Turning against his own people, he feasted on humanoid flesh to honor the demon prince of undeath. And as a reward for his service, Orcus transformed Dorisane into the first ghoul. He served Orcus faithfully in the abyss, creating ghouls from the demon lord's other service, servants until an incursion by Yeneagu. I don't know how to pronounce these weird uh, god names. You. <laughs> the dynamic As the DM you get to decide how to pronounce them. Well, <laughs> his name is Yenoegu right now. Uh the dynamic Null Lord. He robbed Dorisane of his abyssal domain. Uh when Orcus could, would not intervene on his behalf, Dorisane turned to the elf gods for salvation and they took pity on him and helped him escape certain destruction. Since then elves have been immune to the ghoul's paralytic touch. Oh, that explains a lot. We have two elves in our group, and he was like, oh, you don't have to make the con saves. And I was like, why? And now I know, because they're elves. Yep. Handy. Uh, Handy for them. (laughs) Ghasts. Orcus sometimes infuses a ghoul with a stronger dose of a visceral energy, making a ghast. Whereas ghouls are a little more than savage beasts, a ghast is cunning and conspire a pack of ghouls to follow its commands. Alright, so they got a, sometimes they got a leader. Um, so to the stat block. Ghouls are medium, undead, chaotic evil. Uh, that all checks out. They have an AC of 12, hit points of 22 or 5d8, and a speed of 30. Their strength is 13. Their dex is 15. Their con is 10. Intelligence is 7, so not smart. Their wisdom is 10, and their charisma is 6, so also not charismatic. Uh, Also, all checks out. (laughs) Damage. They are immune to poison, and the um, conditions of charmed exhaustion and poison, so those don't work on them. Um, they have dark vision of 60 feet, passive perception of 10, they speak common, and they are CR of 1. They speak common. They speak common. That seems, of all of that stuff, that seems like the weirdest <laughs> to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's up, bitches? <laughs> like, they, origin- they originate like, from the abyss, they only know common. <laughs> Make a bro gas or ghoul appear where they just come up, what up, bitches? My name's Chaz. 
Uh, I'm here to eat, eat your flesh. Even the ghasts yep. only speak common. Like, they didn't even give them abyssal. That could have been fun. Nope. You're gonna have, like, a full-on conversation with these guys. Although, maybe the only thing they know is, hungry. I don't know. Hungry. I mean, my dwarf paladin does speak abyssal, so oh, there you go. that could have been fun. But Where no. did she learn that? What, my dwarf paladin? Yeah, where did your dwarf paladin learn to speak abyssal? Oh, she's a, like, Tomb Raider situation. Oh, okay. So okay. she, like, Just hunts checking. relics and stuff. I don't know if that would lead to abyssal, but it was a choice, so I gave it to her. Nice. Nice. So how are these things killing everyone? All right, they got two actions. They bite and they claw. The bite is a melee weapon attack, plus two to hit, reach a five, one creature for 2d6 plus two piercing damage. Um, hence the bad, bad teeth. Um, for the claw, also a melee weapon attack, plus four to hit with a reach of five, one target. Um, it is 2d4 plus two slashing damage. And then if the target is a creature other than an elf or undead... It must succeed on a DC-10 constitution saving throw or be paralyzed for one minute. The target can... At least the DC's low. Yeah, yeah it's low. Right? One minute is a some time. Oh, that's that's a whole... That's a whole fucking rounds. fight. But you get to retry your saving throw at the end of each turn. Um, and you end the effect on a success. So, yeah. We fought a bunch of these bad boys. I only had to roll the con save once but my dwarf paladin has quite a bit of constitution because dwarf so um i succeeded on that dc 10 which was nice <laughs> but now i know what could happen could have been paralyzed so what was the challenge rating on these guys just a one 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 okay i guess that's probably why you fought a fleet of them oh yeah <laughs> like you fought you a fleet of them fought a fleet of them mm-hmm. Flot. yep Take them out. Yep. I don't know. We trapped Flat them in a web and then had our druid did some fun thorn stuff. So we didn't actually. They were like already bloodied by the time they got to us. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You want them to be a little weaker than that, right? Oh, yeah. No, it was a good time. We actually did not have to do very much. <laughs> Just set out some spells and let them kill themselves. It was great. My team is very resourceful. That's good. That's good to play with a good team. Um, shall we also cover ghasts or no? Uh, we've already done ghasts. Okay, then we won't talk about ghasts, but they're yeah. like ghouls, but harder and worse. Uh, yes, ghasts were on episode, uh, or I'm crazy. Maybe I haven't. I feel like you're ghasts. crazy. I see ghosts. How do you actually they spell are... ghasts? With, like ghosts, but with an A. G-A, yeah. We haven't. I've used them before, but I could have sworn we've used ghasts. Nope, you've huh. done ghosts. Ghosts was like ghosts. episode two. Ghosts and zombies. Yep. Sounds yep. spooky. Ah, fuck it. Let's do gas. Let's too. talk about gas. If it's a repeat, then it's a repeat, and you'll will reinforce that information. That's how you learn stuff. You repeat it. Right. Okay, okay. professor. <laughs> I sure. do not teach. You're the only one here who uh, teaches, sir. I do, and that's literally what we do. So. <coughs> All right. Gasts are also medium undead chaotic evil. They have an AC of 13, so slightly harder to hit. And they have 8d8 hit points, so they got some more hit points, and they got a speed of 30. 
They have a strength of 16, dex of 17, con of 10, intelligence of 11, so they're smarter than the ghouls, wisdom of 10, and a charisma of 8. So they're also a little more charismatic, but still got that negative one modifier. Um, they are resistant to necrotic damage and poison, immune to poison, um, and then immune to the charmed exhaustion and poisoned conditions. Dark vision is 60 feet, passive perception of 10. They still only speak common for some reason, <laughs> and they are CR of 2. Um, so doubled up that CR, doubled up that CR a little bit. Um, by exactly two. I don't know why I said a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Just plus one, right? <laughs> um, but they've got some other uh, activities they can do. Uh, they have an ability called Stench. Um, any creature that starts its turn within five feet of the ghast must succeed on a DC 10 con saving throw or be poisoned until the start of its next throw. On a successful saving throw, the creature is immune to the ghast's stench for 24 hours. So, they smell so bad that they poison you. Uh, that's fun. And then they also have Turning Defiance. The ghast and any ghouls within 30 feet of it have advantage on saving throws against effects that turn undead. So, you can't... It's much harder to turn undead when there's a ghast leading the ghouls. Because um, he's a smart boy, I guess. So enlighten me. What is what does turn undead do? Does that just change who they're going after? Like turns them against someone else? You're a paladin, but I can answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have turn undead. I'm yeah. only level four. Yeah. So it's a cleric thing more than anything. So turn undead forces the undead creatures to be afraid of you, so they cannot approach you. They usually either have to move, their, use their full movement to run away from you, or as long as you are in line of sight, they have also disadvantage on attacks against you or around you. It's very handy. Um, the next version of that is the clerics destroy undead. <laughs> so, turn undead. As an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer, censoring the undead. Each undead that you can see or hear you within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. If the creature fails a saving throw, it is turned for one minute or until it takes any damage. The turned creature must spend its turn trying to move as far away from you as it can, and it can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet of you. It can't, also can't take reactions. For its actions, it can only use the dax action or try to escape from the effect that prevents it from moving. If there's nowhere to move, the creature can use the dodge action. So that's all they get. So yes, they do have to essentially use the dash action to run at all times. So that means they just double their movement speed, right? Oh, that's fun. Uh, the bonus at 5th level is uh, once you hit 5th level is you get any undead of CR 1 half or lower fails its wisdom saving throw of turn undead. You just blow them into ash. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. They just uh, gone. I, I believe that goes up as well. Yeah. I think eventually you can do CR 1. Oh, okay. Um, let me see. See where it shows. I was trying to remember yeah. which Level. undead might be ha a half CR, maybe zombies. Yeah. So it's, uh, they're like quarter. They're not very high. Okay. Um, destroy undead CR one is level eight. You go up to CR two at level eleven, so you could instantly destroy a ghast. However, they have advantage on the save, and then uh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
three at level 14, four at level 17. So you can just constantly just go up and be like, dead, don't care. Get out of my way. Like, get, get your minions out of here. All right, so clerics right. good for campaigns with lots of undead things. Yes, <laughs> so good for them. They can turn undead real easy. Um, you're all ready to get into the... Have we gone over the attacks? I don't think we have. Um, they're the same. They got a bite, plus three to hit, 2d8, plus three piercing damage. They got the claws... Plus five to hit, two d six plus three slashing damage. Um, same situation. You gotta make a DC ten con save or be paralyzed for a minute. Um, so yeah, those are all pretty much the same. They just hit a little harder. Yep. All right. Okay. Tactics. How are we gonna use these things? Um, in this in this setting, if you've got a large undead field, this is a great great place to put them. Uh, I can see these guys kind of staying on near a battlefield and just roaming around, just eating whatever the hell they want. That is prime example of what they're going to do is just, oh, hey, that's a free meal. They are essentially carrion, right? Eaters, right? Yep. Birds, carrion birds is the word I'm looking for. Um, I do think strategy wise, you should keep your ghouls and ghast within 30 feet of each other because they gain the bonus of turn dead resistance. Or defiance, whatever the word they use for it. So they hunt um, in packs. They would definitely hunt in a pack. I can see them taking larger enemies on together. Uh, in particular, like the um, the ghast might go for the elven one because the ghoul can't. The ghoul knows better that it can't affect elves, uh, which is fine. But it, the ghast is also the stronger one, so it might go with the others. But I think you have to consider... This is meant to be kind of that gory scene of like, hey, um, you've got creatures that are just hungry. If they paralyze you and you don't weigh too much, off you go. Uh, as a DM, if you're setting up a horror scene, this is a great way to do it. This is going to definitely put some creepy thoughts in because you're literally eating people. This is cannibalism 101. Describing it, ripping flesh off is going to be terrifying to some. As the DM, you should check with your players before you do that, right? So don't like, hey, guys, this might be a gory episode. Are we okay with that? If not, tone it down or tone it up, depending on what they want to. Play to what your players are looking for. Don't scare the shit out of them or scare them where they don't want to play the game anymore. Uh, that's very dependent on age and constitution of the players themselves. Um, but it's a great way as a DM to give a description of like, yeah, he just starts ripping flesh off of a bone. Here's some fun sounds to go along with oh, that no, that I will not no, recreate no. right now. <laughs> uh, but I, I can see the way it says all of this is their drive is to eat. They're really hungry. So if I was this creature, as soon as I paralyze something, off we go. Time to go eat somewhere else. Yeah. So, so it's very with with that being the case, I'm wondering if they start attacking a group in there, and that group seems a bit stronger than what they want if there's other places to go feed you think they just kind of like okay we're gonna go somewhere else they're gonna try for a little bit i would say once they get to like a quarter health they're not sticking around maybe a third health they're gonna be like i gotta go and they're gonna go find food there is preservation involved as they are undead they they don't they're not like zombie dumb right like they're they're there to do a job which is to feed so if preservation kicks in they're leaving and they can move 60 feet and around but they can also remember that mm -hmm. if you're carrying no, they're, they're something, 30 30 feet oh you mean if they dash well they'll dash yeah to get away gotcha, um gotcha. but also remember that when you are paralyzed 
you do not inhibit movement of a creature. You don't half their movement speed. It is just normal. So as long as you are, let's see, their strength is 13. I think they can carry about 195 pounds without being inhibited by speed. So they just scoop somebody up and then haul ass in another direction. Well, there, there go our halflings. Yeah, the halflings and the gnomes are fucked. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're 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 fun sized meals that are on their way out. Ooh, this so is like, like a little little snack sized M and M's to put in my pocket for later. Exactly. Uh, the only thing I would say is they're probably. I'm guessing they're going to be hungry, so it's a lot easier if the creature is paralyzed. They're going to run off and they can get it, but the player gets to make the save, right? If they come back up, they're going to keep trying to paralyze them back again because there's no immunity to it. You can keep hitting them over and over again oh, really? if they keep failing the save. Yeah. There's no immunity on the ghoul's claws. Mm-hmm. So you paralyze them, you run. As soon as they get them to zero HP, I would probably say they're stashing the body somewhere and they're going back for another meal if they've got the hit points mm. to do so. And they'll, they might try picking people off as they go. Um, gas are probably pretty similar. They're, they're also looking for a meal, so they're going to do that as well. Maybe more as a group. They might try to get one or two together and then run off, but it's it's going to be a I'm eating this person. I'm having a hard time controlling myself. Like that's that's kind of where you can get the mentality of the beast of this or the the undead part of it, where they're like they're running away in preservation to eat this body that they've picked up, but also they they can't stop themselves, so they have to stop every now and then and eat and just use an action to move or something along that line. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, or an action to eat and the other to move. So it slows them down every now and then. They go 60 feet on the first run, 30 feet, and eat some body parts, 60, 30, until they're either caught or they get out of view. Yeah. And if there's more of them in the area, they're gone. Can I ask you a question real quick? So you're yes. talking about, like, preservation kicking in. How, as a DM, do you decide, like, what would just fight to the death? What would run away and preserve itself? I know there's a book about this, like the monsters are smart too, or something. I don't remember what that book is called. Um, uh, the monsters know what they're doing. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the monsters are smart yeah. too is a better title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're not as they're not as dumb as you think. Just yeah. kidding, but that's yeah, the, I'm always curious about like um, how you decide like when a because. You know, a lot of people like it just have the monsters fight to the death. And then, you know, sometimes if yeah. it's the, you know, you're a big bad evil guy or someone who's got schemes afoot, he's going to run away instead of letting himself get killed and try to fight another day. But I always am curious about how people decide their monsters tactics in that way. Well, do we want to save this for the DM tip and do the item? Uh, we can go ahead and do the DM tip now. That works. Yeah. Just the tips in the middle of the episode. It's all right. Sticking so, tips in it... where they don't belong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So um, with that, um, I would say the biggest thing I always go with is an intelligence and a wisdom score. So depending where they sit on that scale, like a commoner's 10, right? Mm-hmm. A commoner is going to be like, oh, shit, calamity is upon me. I'm going at a 10. I would say when you go from, like, beast intelligence to, like, commoner 10, there's probably some preservation steps in there that you're just like, oh, they got to go, and they're going to move. I generally go with kind of, like, a 6 or 7 is they're pretty intelligent enough to be like, you know, I need to get out of here. Most people can dump an intelligence stat at 8, right? 
like that's normally the low dump score that you can get on the thing. And if you as an eighth level dump stat little barbarian, big barbarian, whatever you want to be, know that you should probably leave a fight at one point, so does any other creature. So the ghast is an intelligence score of ten, or excuse me, eleven plus zero. Mm-hmm. So it it for sure knows when to leave. The ghoul is just one point behind the dumbest barbarian, right? So at that, there's there's some intelligence behind it. Five or six maybe would be a good point of just like they know what they're doing. Um, if you look at the, um, I believe it's the awakened spell or beast uh, fr- beast friendship. Let me see. Yeah, there's uh, a certain bond. level of intelligence you have to have for it to work. I believe it's four. Four. Is it a speak yeah. with? It's a spell. Um, so I don't know if speak with requires an intelligence as well. I, I, I think it does but... also yeah. require some level of intelligence in the creature, but I'm not a hundo percent on that. I want to say maybe not because you can also speak with plants and they don't have an intelligence unless they're awakened. Well, that's a different spell. Speak with plants is a different spell, sir. But it's kind of the same <laughs> thing. Like speak with animals, speak with plants. Uh, the knowledge and awareness of many beasts is limited to their intelligence, but at minimum, beasts can give you information in nearby locations. So yeah, it is. They can do it regardless. But you, that as the DM, you'd look at the intelligence score, and they like, mm. yeah, they're not like migratory creatures. So they don't know where everything is around the area. They kind of stick to their group. Yeah. But I would say four or higher is probably a good value of like, yeah, this is an intelligent, somewhat creature. Because even animals know when they should leave. So that's a good idea of just, like, you got to go to survive. It's also very much written in the book sometimes of how the monster behaves. Mm. And how that fits to your plot really determines how you're going to throw them. Like, if it's your big bad guy, for sure they have an escape plan. They're not stupid. How else do you think they got to be the big bad guy? They are like, peace, and then teleport out, whatever it is. Like, that's something that they could do. Um just knowing that there are many other things that can get them caught later on right now you know who they are Mm -hmm. now you can do something about it but it's for me it's always intelligence score and sometimes the flavor text of the creature a lot of the times it'll just say like they fight to the death they don't care Mm. or anything along that lines like they are fodder zombies are fodder they do not have self-preservation they are zombies other times they're just like hey i gotta go (laughs) To live so yeah cool that that is helpful thank you Extra very tippy. very good tip yeah let's <laughs> talk about i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note of that because we did it did it yeah, Put you it gotta in write that notes. down yeah all right thomas do you have an item for us today i do uh, i uh branched out a little bit this week and got on to Reddit.com slash r slash dnd and found <laughs> an item that sounded kind of kind of interesting, kind of not super anything, but also kind of a it seems like it'd be a nice thing to have. So this is called the Ring of Leadership, and it was posted by Reddit uh, user Mr. Solitar. So shout out to Mr. Solitar on that. Um, he has this as a ring that's rare and requires attunement. 
This ring has three charges. It regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. While wearing this ring, you have the ability to encourage and rally an ally within 15 feet of you. The user can utter a special command or warning whenever a non-hostile creature that it can see within 15 feet of it makes an attack roll or a saving throw. The creature can add a d4 to its roll, providing it can hear and understand the user. A creature can benefit from only one leadership die at a time. This effect ends if the user is incapacitated. So it's it's basically a light bardic inspiration that you yeah. get on a ring. Um, it's like bardic inspiration mashed together with bless. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a non-concentrated bless. Right, because awesome. bardics will move up higher than a D4. D- they start at D6. Six, right. yeah. Okay, yeah. And quickly get to a D8, I think, as well. Uh, yeah, after a few levels, it's D8, and then goes to D10, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. the maximum is a 12. But yeah, bless is a D4. Bless right. stays a D4, yeah. 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 You can there, only... And... Yeah, and there's some back and forth in the comments. Uh, people going, eh, should it really acquire, require attunement? It doesn't seem like it's good enough to actually require attunement. Um, and, and so, you know, these are things like as a DM, mm-hmm. you can make choices on. But, like, it, if you don't have a bard in your, in your party, or you or don't have somebody that can, or a paladin that, that, exactly, that's a, where I was going, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you beat me there. Was was somebody that could cast bless, um, but having yeah. a, f- a fighter of some sort, um, or or even I don't know, maybe maybe you've got a rogue that has weird dreams of leadership. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Rows can be leaders; they don't always have to brood in a corner. Oh, okay. Don't typecast the rogue. Oh yeah, no, our rogue is amazing. Yeah, she's definitely our leader. I would think. So yeah, my rogue has the highest intelligence in the entire group. Oh, well, we we have a wizard, so um. yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that. I think I would give it to like maybe a noble non um, non bard because yeah. they'd have the ability to kind of instill that leadership in peeper peeper in peeper <laughs> in the peeper uh, in the peeper, uh, and then. Just the just the tips. Uh, I like that one. I think it's a good item for combat or even spell-wise. I think it's a good idea. And I believe it uses... Uh, it's a reaction, isn't it? Yes. Well, and it can even be fun for, like, if you're sending someone off on, like, a little scouting mission or something and they need to be making stealth checks or something. Um Stealth checks, does that count as a saving throw? I don't know what a saving throw is. It's an ability score. Okay, so not quite the same thing, but that could be fun if you were like, all right, you got this little man, go go see what's up in that building over there and then report back. And I don't know, sir. I don't know if calling someone little man is a good leadership <laughs> skill, but you know. This one can only be used in combat by the look of it. Ah, so, yeah. uh, non-hostile creatures that you can see when it makes an attack or saving throw. So it's only it, it can't be used to inspire down the road. Yeah. So it is limited compared to a bardic inspiration. Right. Uh, it is only in combat. So it, it's very much like bless yes. more than anything. Yes, it is. Uh, but and it, it doesn't have the same time saver as bardic inspiration, which will last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. 
Well, and it doesn't require the the person who's casting Bless to maintain their concentration and that stuff. That is nice. That is the best time to get. <laughs> so it, it, it doesn't, one, doesn't require a spell slot. Two, doesn't require the cast and concentration. I would probably require remove the attunement requirement. Yeah. Because it's not, three times a day isn't a lot to have a 1d4 mm. on a save. Um but I like it. It's a good idea. The ring is very nice. It has kind of like a cloud motif with some blue crystals in it. Maybe like lapis lazuli or something in it. Yeah, it's very pretty. Or sapphire. Those are the two blue gems I can think you of. Got Those yeah. are the two oh, I, I know. That's that's the two. Yeah. Azure. Azure. Uh, that's that's blue. just that yeah, just means that's just blue. A color name. Yeah. There we go. So yeah, I like this item. I would definitely give this to someone or give it to a. It's really not good for non-combatants, though. Like, this is a ring of leadership, right? Yeah. But it's not, like, leadership in a courtroom or whatever, or a, a court yes. in general. This it's is very like much like a general situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or or you could give it to the person that is not good at combat, so that they can encourage the people around them yeah. to be good at combat. You're doing great! Yeah, yeah you go! <laughs> Yeah. Or it's the rogue who just like shouts at their friends every time they get hit. Don't be a pussy! And then they get hit and they get to roll a save. Very sexist, but... Excellent. Yeah. Funny excellent. question mark? Or yeah. just someone who doesn't have good uses for their reactions, maybe. True. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't have any good reactions, this is a good one to have. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you, you like make I'm... it available to the party and the party gets to decide. Oh, who... yeah. That's true. Yeah, exactly. But the main thing to focus on here also is that it's only 15 feet. So if you're the wizard giving encouragement oh, in the background, no you're, you're not way, in combat. You're, in the back, you're, you're a help. glass cannon. Get to the back where you belong. It's for the barb. So, barb or uh, any fighter, paladin, cleric. Those are going to yeah. be up in the middle of combat. I mean, I'm a protection paladin, so personally I would never use my reaction for that. Because then I guess I get to use my reaction to impose disadvantage. So Yeah, you do. But do you have I've, sentinel? What? Did you have the sentinel feet yet? I don't think so. I'm only level four. Well, you could get it at four unless you took ability score improvement. Then no, I didn't take it. (laughs) Here's a bonus little information. So the sentinel feet allows you when you do an attack of opportunity to reduce an enemy's speed to zero. So if that creature is running away from you, as soon as you hit them, if you land the hit on your reaction, they cannot move from that position. That's pretty nice, actually. It is. it is great when you hold them in a position. There's an improved version of it, I think. There's, like, Sentinel and something else. Yeah, I um, honestly didn't even look at the feats. I was just like, let me take these ability scores, because I had some odd numbers that I could bump up. But next time, I'll look at the feats. Look at your feats, guys. Look, That's a bonus look tip. At your feats. But not uh, all fighting. <laughs> it, those are... Hazard. Those might not be available depending on the DM. That is an <laughs> optional game rule. I will say for Sentinel, when you make an opportunity attack and hit, the speed becomes zero. Creatures provoke attack of opportunities even if they use disengage. Ooh. So if they're like, I'm stepping away slowly, you're like, bitch, please. And then you axe or halberd them in the face. <laughs> um, when a creature makes an attack against a target other than you and the target doesn't have this feat, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against that attacking creature. So that's also a good idea where, like, if you're in combat and you're like, fuck you, you're fighting me, whack, it does cancel out. So if the two of you fighting have Sentinel, it doesn't work that way. But it's not a common thing to give to an enemy. 
and by that I mean a monsters don't really have sentinel. This, epi- this episode's just full of tips. Just the tips, lots of tips. Y'all ready to wrap it up? Yeah. Yay. Alrighty, anything to plug? Check out our social medias. I don't post on them that often, but I do sometimes, yeah. and it's great when I do. Engage, Feel free to engage an with us. Engage with us. Give us Talk your comments. Us. Give us your likes. We've been sitting at home bored by ourselves us, for a week. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Let us know what you want to see in the future. We listen. Yeah, we we love ring, or not ring, magic <laughs> item and monster recommendations, tips, anything like that. Ask away. I was going to throw out, with all of our creepy stuff up, up front there, I was going to throw out a book wreck. Would anybody like a book wreck? Yeah. Hit us with a book wreck. Uh, the... Abhorsen, I know that sounds bad, Abhorsen series by Garth Nix uh, is a series that looks at a good necromancer. So a necromancer whose job it is to make sure the dead stay dead for the kingdom. So it's a very, very good series, and you should check it out. It is a fun series. Someone gave us a copy of that for our wedding, and I read it for the first time. How long did, and that's been years. Literally that was like seven years ago. Seven yeah. years. <laughs> but it Jesus was very Christ. good. <laughs> We've been married for so fucking long. That was not the that's book good. series we got for our wedding, but okay. It wasn't? No. That was the oh. Sa- Sanborn, that was the Mistborn series. That Damn, we got. It. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Sanborn, it's Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> yes, that's, I, I. Yeah. Well, I read them you. all at the same time. They're all good books. Read some books, guys. Brandon Sanderson. I've read the Mistborn. first one of that. Yeah, I've read the first one. I haven't read the other two. So with that. And I... with that, we should say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Jump the gun. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>